I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst. Oh, wait. I'm just the host of this podcast now. But joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the MVP of this pod. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? MVP. Luka Doncic right now is the MVP of the National Basketball Tell me about it. He is. Man, this, this was a win. This is the type of win. This is my favorite win of the season. I was more hyped about this win than any of the other, um, what, double-digit wins that they have now? Oh, say Um, it. Say it. Gosh. I mean, literally one of the best teams in the league. (sighs) Currently setting 11-5. and Maybe slow slow down. Record-wise, they're one of the best teams in the league. Get (laughs) off of us, Nick. Don't rain on our parade. (laughs) Anyway, 11-5. and Setting uh, for Tide, the third spot in the Western Conference. Man, this is the type of win that shows you what type of team this is. And they've beaten up on the smaller teams. That's what you got to do. That's what good teams do. But it's a, a whole different level when you take a team like the Houston Rockets, who's good defensively, who has two stars on their team, who has an MVP candidate in James Harden, and literally, the Mavericks met every single bar. They checked every single check mark in this game from individually to team wise. And we can't, we, you can't hype up Luka Doncic enough at this point. You can't. And I'm sure as you guys are listening to this, all the national people are talking about him. I'm sure all the shows are talking about him today. I'm sure that what's his name? Shannon Sharp has some, you know, I'm sure he pulls the goat head out for him or whatever he does. I'm sure that. Stephen A. Smith has gone crazy about him. I'm sure that people are talking about him. But just know, we've been talking about him for a real long time. (laughs) We've been here. We've been on this. All right, on today's podcast, we are definitely going to break down the Dallas Mavericks' win over the Rockets. They beat them 137-123. to There's just so much to unpack from that game. I thought there was a lot of really good things in it. Mavericks are averaging over 140 points over the last three games. That's absolutely That's crazy. insane. That's wild. So we'll, we'll get into that. There's a lot of things to talk about in that game, including Tim Hardaway Jr.'s play. We have to get into that. I thought that it, he it was the best game he's ever played when his dad was not there True. <laughs> start, to start the season. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kristaps Porzingis. We thought that he had a great game as well. Uh, 23 points, 13 boards, three assists. Two steals and a block. Just a a great all-around game for Porzingis. The Mavs' defense against James Harden I thought was really important too, what they they really tried to do. Uh, The Mavs' bench versus the Rockets' starters. Then, of course, Luka Doncic. I mean, what what can you say more about him? So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, so this Rockets team, uh, this is kind of a a tough game for them because they they just played the Clippers. They play what? Don't make excuses for No, them. no, no. I'm just I'm just I'm just clarifying, just putting it in perspective. The, no. the Rockets just played at the Clippers a late game on the West Coast on Friday night. Uh it was a tough game. They lose that game. And then they go back home 
And less than 48 hours later, they're playing the Mavericks in an afternoon game, which you know Harden struggles with afternoon games. Why does he struggle, Nick? I don't know. Somebody on Reddit did a deep dive on why maybe he has some tendencies that would, would Saturday render, night would, that would render himself not able to play well during afternoon games. But this was watching game. Tape. This was a tough game for the Rockets to play, and the opening of it definitely proved that. I think they 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 mm. got they figured themselves out a little bit. And I think they they you know woke up from it during the game. But Mavericks went out to what a sixteen to four run to start the game. And it just it really looked like the Rockets were having a tough start. They had three early turnovers. And then uh, the Mavericks scored 45 points in the first quarter. I mean, that it's incredible, the start. We've been, com- we've been complaining and talking about their starts. And now this is, a, this is a great game to point to to say, hey, they can start well if they focus on defense, focus on trying to get turnovers. And honestly, I mean, they, they hit a bunch of their shots. The Mavs bench also came out and destroyed the Rockets bench. The Rockets bench... They didn't score their first bucket until, like, in the fourth quarters when it was Austin Rivers that just hit a shot. So they have real problems with that bench unit. But what did you think about the Mavericks in this first quarter? Man, yeah, the the fast starts, I mean, this has been a worry, um, or not really a worry, but a struggle for the Mavs this season. They've just gotten off to just bad, bad starts. And, I mean, literally, the first two plays of the game was a Luka dunk and then a Dorian Finney-Smith dunk. And I think they had three, Houston had three straight turnovers to start the game. And yeah, all right, this is exactly how you want to start this game on the road in Houston. And, and yeah, I mean, they were just firing on all cylinders. This is, I think, in my opinion, this is one of the best all around team wins that they've had this season, if not the best one. I just felt like everybody, we were joking before we hit record on this. I'm like, is there, is there a guy you looked at this and said, dang, like they had a bad game or like that was a really bad spot. And we're going to talk about a stretch of the game uh, that Dallas struggled for a bit in the second half. But I look across, I look across the, um, the box score and I see different things and I think about different things, but that Tim Hardaway, man, I thought, I thought defensively. Uh, Garden James Harden, I thought he did well uh, when he was matched up on, on him. You know, Carlisle's talked about his defense before. I, I'd still put, you know, Dorian started the game on Harden, but they, they kind of view Tim Hardaway as that second guy behind Dorian to guard these wing guys. But the way Tim's played over these past three games, this is on paper the ideal, you know, type of role player you want alongside your stars yeah. and, and yeah. Luke and KP on paper. We have never refuted that, that on paper he should be. You know, he should be exactly what this team needs. A guy that can get his own shot, hit, can knock down spot-up shots, a guy that can play some defense, be athletic, get out in transition. He is exactly what this team needs, but he, you know, for all of his flaws that we've we've rehashed over and over again, we won't do that on this pod because 31 points, four boards, five assists in this game, two steals. Yeah. Uh, like you said, he was guarding James Harden, only had one foul. That's a big deal against James Harden. Yeah, I, yes, I thought he played great defense on Harden. It, it, the big thing with Hardaway, and while we harp on him uh, a decent a decent amount, is the decision making. And you texted me during the game. You said something like, "Hey, I don't think I've disagreed with any of the shots he's taken so far." And it's not just shots going in; it's 
to where you say, oh, okay, well, he's hitting shots. You don't disagree. No, a lot of the shots he was taking tonight were good shots. There was one in like the fourth quarter. It was like a running one-handed shot. You know, it was a tough shot. It went in. We're like, dang, like he's feeling it right now. But it feels like he's calmed down a little bit in the offense. It feels like he knows when to pass it more, get the ball rolling to where, you know, those first week or two of the season, he would get the ball and it was kind of the mellow syndrome. You're like, all right, he's just going to dribble, 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 shoot along too. And over these past three games, he's been playing incredible. And I, I'm not, I had hesitancy of benching Seth for him after just two games, but he played incredible tonight. And at this point, I don't think you can take him out. You got to ride the hot hand. Do you think that playing with Luka Doncic has, you know, kind of, when you have a horse and you are like, you know, you put a horse with a, like a carriage. They have those blinders on the side of their eyes because they don't want him to get distracted by all these things going on around him. I feel like Luca is the blinders to Tim Hardaway Jr. because he doesn't get the ball all you know anytime he wants. I think I may have miscast him as you know before in the offseason. I wanted him to be this off the bench shooter, a guy that can just come in and get his own shot and have the ball in his hands off the bench and be that scorer off the bench. But I really feel like he might be at his best when he has somebody else. And his, his touches are limited. Because when your touches are limited, then all of a sudden you start thinking, man, what if I don't get the ball for another you know three possessions? What if I don't get another sh- a chance to take a, you know, a good <laughs> spot to take a shot in another you know two possessions or so? And I think he thinks through that. And playing next to Luka, I feel like, has really helped him. And then once he has that rhythm and he can you know, hit shots, then it turns into you know he can hit shots when he's you know not playing with Luca too. I just feel like playing with Luca has helped him so much in that area, at least from what we're seeing over the last three or four games. Yeah, and I'm going to throw a name out there, and I'm not trying to compare. I'm not saying he is on this level at all because he's not on this level. But this type of role is the role that you want him to play in this offense, is the Clay Thompson role, is play defense, move without the ball, hit your catch-and-shoot shots. That That's the type of thing. And if he doesn't – like. He's shown that he's a capable defender. He's shown that he can hit shots over these past three games. That's the thing. Let Luka play the Steph Curry role. Let KP play. Not, you know, you know Kevin Durant's role is his own role. But that's the type of thing you kind of want Tim playing is that Klay Thompson type of role. But, yeah, I mean, you can't say anything about Hardaway over these past three games. He's playing great basketball. He's hitting shots. Um, he's confident. And, and he's taking good shots. Yes, he's taking good shots. So, yeah, hats off to him. Can we transition Porzingis? Yeah, coming up, let's get into Kristaps Porzingis because he had he had a great game too. I think we'll probably weave in some more talk about Tim Hardaway Jr., but uh, coming up, let's get into Kristaps Porzingis. But before we do, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. And you, right now, if you're listening right now, you can start with a 30-day Audible trial and you get to choose one audiobook for free. One audiobook, every sing- you, you get it right away, just free, nothing no, nothing attached to it except for your trial. And you also get two Audible originals absolutely free to try out. So visit audible.com slash NBA. And if right now you're dr- driving somewhere, you're going somewhere for Thanksgiving or something like that, you can go to lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. There's a link in the description of this podcast. You can check that out and get your offer from Audible to get your free audiobook. I mean, why would you not do that? I don't understand. All right, Isaac, let's get into Kristaps Porzingis. 23 points, 13 boards, three assists, two steals, and a block. Thought he just had a great game. 
Um, he had a finally had a good post up possession. I put it on my Twitter. You can go check that out there. Uh, he did have five fouls in this game, which a lot of people were getting in foul trouble. He was a plus thirty two, yeah, <laughs> the highest on the team, which is wild. They just were able to put him in situations where he could succeed. He hit two of his five threes, and he was nine of seventeen from the floor. Just thought overall he had maybe one of his best games. You know, obviously we're I'm not a avid Knicks watcher. Okay, I'm not watching every single game. The basketball the team, not like people with my name. <laughs> um, but you know, we knew Porzingis from from a Mavs perspective, from a Mavs fan or Mavs media person that has watched almost every Mavs game over the past what four or five years. I knew like Porzingis could score the basketball. Obviously, he was an All Star before he got hurt. I knew how good he was. I knew he could block shots. But not watching him every single game, I didn't know exactly what that looks like on a night-to-night basis. So I'm, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, okay, he's back to his normal self. I don't know if he did this stuff normally at in New York, but I've just been amazed over the past few weeks at just all the little things that he does and all the, all the hustle stuff that he does when his shot's not going in. Uh, you know, a lot of people like him who... Um, a lot of their game is about scoring the basketball, obviously. And when their shots not going in, or they're not fully ingrained offensively, they could just be thrown, uh, thrown off everywhere. Their whole game is kind of thrown off. And just watching him tonight, his rebounding, his altering shots at the rim, the hustling, just getting his hands on balls—like that's the type of stuff that I just didn't. Not that I didn't expect, because I don't want to say I had like a lower standard of him, but. That stuff has surprised me. All the little stuff he does outside of scoring the basketball, and that I, I just I can't praise him enough for that. I, I think he's playing. He's getting closer. He's still not fully ingrained into the system, and that's the scary part. <laughs> if I'm teams across the league, I'm still looking at this, saying, "Man, the Mavericks have one of the best records in the league. They're a super hot team. They're young." And Porzingis, the other half of their duo, still isn't fully there offensively in the system. That there's still a whole new level that this Mavericks team can get to because of him. And but but right now, overall, he's playing great basketball. His focus on rebounding, I think, has really channeled him too. We talked about Tim Hardaway Jr. with the blinders. I feel like Porzingis being able to focus on rebounding. I mean, he's he's getting rebound he's getting rebound numbers that he never saw in New York. He averaged like six rebounds a game, and he's he's now having to focus on that because Dwight Powell's not a rebounder. Maxi Kleba is not, you know, a great rebounder either. He doesn't rebound the ball all that well. And but Porzingis can go in there and do that. And when he does, I think it, it does a lot for this team. You know, he had thirteen in this game, he led the the Mavericks, Clint Capella twenty two, which is just wild. <laughs> the, the season the season that he got hurt with his ACL uh back in 2017-18, he was averaging six and a half rebounds a game. The two season before that was 7.2, 7.3. Right now, not including tonight's game in which he had 13 boards, he's averaging 8.9 right at nine rebounds a game this season so far. And then add in you know, your 13 boards to tonight into that average. And yeah, I mean, his rebounding has taken a drastic step forward. Yeah, and I think that that has really helped him. It's able He's been able to focus on something other than just trying to score the basketball. And, you know, when he, you're able to focus on other things, I think it just really helps your team. Um, yeah, I just thought that the Borzingos was, was really good in this game. I have really no, nothing else to say. I felt like his shot selection, I haven't looked at his shot chart, but it felt like it was all inside or just outside. It felt like that's the, the two places he was really focusing on. 
he caught that lob in the second half from Luca in the fourth quarter. That was just nasty. Threw it down one-handed. Um, the chemistry between those two, it just seems like it's growing by the game. And you can just imagine a point uh, in the playoffs that hey. these two <laughs> that these two are running, you know, pick and rolls with each other, and it's like the go-to possession each game. And uh, yeah, I. The sky's the limit for that duo. I, I want to give Rick Carlisle a shout-out, too, as far as with that duo, because he broke the rotation. He broke the minutes thing. And I was joking about it. I texted Nick. Yeah. They were they were making <laughs> yeah, that. I just texted Nick, and I said, but when's Luca going to come back in? You know, there, just, was, there was nine around. minutes. It was right before Luca came back in. There was like nine minutes left. The Rockets are going on this run, and he was he sent me that joke text. They're literally within, they're within like five points or something. They're getting really close. The Rockets were. Yeah, it just when they when they when he put those two back in, I loved it. Like you, and it got fans. It got me excited because at that moment I said they want it. They want this game bad because they're breaking that routine. They're gonna play him the yeah. little extra minutes. They're breaking it because they want this game really really bad. Whether that's a Rick thing putting them in and he decided that, whether it's Luca who told Rick, "Hey, I want put us back in. We want this one." And not saying that they don't want all of them, but I love that they threw they put those two back in there. And if it's given us the motivation, you know it's given the team motivation too of saying, "All right, he's breaking that rotation some because he wants it, we want it." And let's go out here and do that. And, and I mean, look at the difference it, it made. I mean, they Rockets are going on a run, like you said. And then how they countered that fourth quarter, that was because once that run started happening in the fourth with the Rockets, I was wondering, I'm like, all right, young team, Luca on this level, like every time, every time you have a, a, a tiny, tiny bit of question about Luca on a big stage in a big game, going against a big player, and I, in my back of my head, I'm like. How's Luca gonna respond to this? Like they're going on a run. How's this team gonna respond? And man, this is what a good team does. They countered it right back, and they went on their little run on their own. Luca went off. Luca just took the ball, took the game over. They're a good basketball team. <laughs> they are a good basketball team. Yeah, and and if you look at the lead tracker, which I love to look at just to see where you know the team ebbed and flowed immediately when Luca and Porzingis went back in, they steadily built that back up to a twenty point lead. That is and, and, that is wild. And Brad Brad Townsend tweeted after the game that Porzingis told him, "We're getting a little bit of that killer instinct." I think no way we're going to let that game get away at the end. You love that. I mean, that, that's yeah. just the killer instinct, the chemistry that they're building. I mean, Ryan Rossillo and um, Chris Long on the Ringer podcast uh, every Monday they recap the NFL, and one of my favorite things they do is they do best plane ride of the week who's the best plane ride back home and you know an away team that got who, a big win who has the best plane ride like you know basically who has the best bus ride right like if you talk yeah. about in you know high school sports yeah so yeah basically who has the best plane bus ride back home that just had a big win it was huge the team and i was just thinking about this plane ride back because even though it's a short it's a short ride back from houston <laughs> up to dallas but man you, you can imagine the excitement of this team and how pumped up they are getting out of that arena getting onto the team plane just the atmosphere on that plane there's a feel and a man an energy around this team this year that you just haven't felt this over the past i don't know gosh two three years 
Yeah. I mean, I say gosh, two or three years, but I mean, I know some franchises out there like the Knicks have, have went, went like 10 years, but it's their first 11 and five starts since 2014, 15. Okay. And then Dang. before that, I think it was back to like 2009, which is wild. Oh, there's also this stat going around that the Mavericks scored the most points they've scored in a first half since 2009. That's not true. I tweeted that. Uh, I just tweeted the graphic from Fox Sports Southwest, but it ended up not being the case. But it was the second most points they ever scored in the first half uh, with 78 there. So Mavericks, incredible first half for them. Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. we've got into. So coming up, let's get into the Mavs defense against James Harden. And let's talk about the Mavs bench a little bit. And then, of course, we got to talk about Luka Doncic. All right, Isaac. The Mavericks tried something different against James Harden, and this is going to be something that's the Rock. The Rockets had a couple problems in this game. <laughs> that yeah, when the ball is forced out of James Harden's hand, Russell Westbrook in this game specifically, he he did not look good to me, and I don't think he's looked that great this entire season. Uh, he scored twenty seven points, but he took twenty shots to get there, um, and he he hit nine of his ten free throws. So he was getting he the, shot well tonight. So he was getting the line. Yeah, he, he he shot well. Uh, yeah, and he hit two of his five three-point attempts, but the Mavericks were letting him. Those were pretty much all wide-open threes, but only six assists for him. He's not playmaking as much. Getting the ball out of James Harden's hands and putting it into you know somebody else on this team to create, especially when Eric Gordon is not playing, and that's that's who they really miss on this team the, with, mm-hmm. with bench scoring as well as you know another playmaker, another guy to hit shots. Um, the Mavericks were basically – running a trap out of half court, which is what the Clippers did. And, you know, James Harden was kind of complaining about that the other Kinda. night. Yeah, I guess, was. I guess he wasn't really complaining. It was more of like, you know, Hey, they're, they're coming at me with two guys. And he was, he was almost bragging. Like, have you ever seen that before? Yeah, like who, el- who else does this? Who okay. else gets this, this trap? Gavin Booker and, pick up ball? <laughs> and then everybody, yeah, everybody tweeted out those, uh, those uh, pictures of uh, screenshots of Steph Curry getting picked up by four Portland Trailblazers in the Western yes. Conference Finals last year. Um, but the the Mavericks were basically trapping hard in a half court. He threw that behind-the-back bounce pass, I think, three or four times in that fourth quarter and just got the ball out of his hands. And when it's out of his hands... We've seen what Harden and Westbrook do when they're both off the ball. And if all of a sudden House has the ball or Tucker has the ball or Capella has the ball down low, you just have Westbrook and Harden standing around. They don't really do anything. Westbrook had a couple of pretty good cuts in this game. Uh, But other than that, there's really no movement, nothing. And it's just dependent on those guys to succeed on an island against individual defenders. And you're going to bet on those guys not (laughs) scoring individually one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, they're it's kind of twofold. You got to give Dallas credit for how they defended Harden for sure. And I think as a team, they defended him. Well, I think Dorian did a good, good job on him. I thought Tim Hardaway did a good job on him, but he also just missed shots and he's not going to miss those shots every single game. I mean, he was two for 15 on three, 13%. Uh, now you can counter that and say, cause however you want to say it, of like, all right, well he was two for 15 on threes and they were kind of in the game in the fourth, blah, 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 blah. If you're a Rockets fan, but look at something, look at his supporting cast in their threes tonight. Daniel house shot 37% from three PJ Tucker, 40% Russell Westbrook, 40%. You're not going to get 40% Russell Westbrook from three every single night. Uh, I don't, I'm not, well, I don't even want to speculate on Daniel House's three point percentage, but um, he's like he's could, an okay three point shooter. 
he's okay, but like those are pretty dang good like averages as far as you know having three shooters around you. So uh, James Harden's not gonna be two for fifteen every single night um, from the three point line. But I thought Dallas defended him well also, and yeah, yeah. It, the the foul stuff. <laughs> It's it's funny because okay so where where do you stand on the hey let's bash Harden but Luca does this too I agree I, Kirk tweeted that out and I just completely agree with him we cannot complain about James I agree Harden to an extent he doesn't do it to the extent that Harden does it sure but there's you know <laughs> there's a play that I tweeted out where where Luca got that really long continuation and one where yes. he was driving through the lane, and James Harden just went wild after that. Now, I don't even think that that should be a basket. I feel like that should not be continuation. Lucas shouldn't have gotten the end one. He should have just gotten free throws at that point. But Harden complaining about that is just its just gold because he's the one that complains about it the most. And so there has to be some sort of self-awareness where you say, we can't complain about this guy complaining about fouls because – Luca complains about fouls all the time. And it's part of the game and it's what superstar players do. LeBron does it. Chris Paul does it. You know, like there's a lot of uh, Kawhi kind of does it in his own way. I mean, just everybody complains about calls. It's just, it's just what happens now. And it's just a way to try and gain the system, try to get an advantage in a way. And sure, Harden does it more than anyone else. And he complains about more ridiculous things than anyone else. But there's a level of Luca does the same thing. So, you, you have to pick your spots with this, I think. And with that and one, when he was complaining about that, that's the spot that I picked. And I was like, okay, now that's ridiculous. Like, that's going over the edge. But you have to be – you have to try and understand it from both sides. Yeah, I get super enjoyment out of James Harden complaining about someone else getting foul calls because there's <laughs> no one else in the league that – I mean, James Harden, bro, if any – yeah, you can't complain about any of that stuff. You're like you're just invalid when it your argument's invalid when it comes to you throwing a fit about people getting <laughs> foul calls. Now, does Luca sell foul calls like Harden uh, to an extent? Yes. And does he get to the line all the time? Does he get some of these foul calls when he's in the paint? Yes. Uh, I get all of that. Side note: What a difference of the calls he's getting this year compared to last year in his rookie season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, but anyway, it's the it's the um, it's the shenanigans that Harden pulls sometimes in basketball games that Luca's not that far yet. So that's why I'm gonna say it's not exactly the same as what Harden does because there's some stuff the grab in the arm yeah, when you the, run through the, the lane. I haven't seen Luca do that yet. Doris the, Burke's the, whole thing in the the Rockets Clippers game the other night was that every time James Harden drives or most of the time James Harden drives and he tries to get a foul call, he hooks the arm of the player behind him, which. Honestly, Harden is incredible at just the subtleness of being able to do that, kind of get pretty much get away with it all the time. Also be dribbling with his left hand. Like he's one of the best multitaskers in the NBA. He can do so many different things at once. He can, you know, take a step back three, try and draw a foul at the same time, and yet get his shot off cleanly. It's 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 incredible what he can do. And he's just taking it to that extreme level, which is the culture of the Rockets. The culture of the Rockets, you know, all the way down to we're only gonna take threes and we're only gonna go to the to the basket. And they they push everything to the max. We're only going to get these max players and then you know role players that don't make a lot of money. We're going to push everything to the max and everything to the max. And Harden is doing this with the fouls too and trying to get as many fouls as possible. And if he he kind of does, I'm going to go here. We're 27 minutes into the podcast. 28. I'm going to go here. Where are you going? 
He's kind of like Trump when he complains about foul calls. He's just going to throw as much stuff as he can against the wall and just going to say things and say things and say things. And the refs are going to have to try and weed through and figure all of, all of it out and figure out what has legs and what doesn't. You're going to have to figure out what is you know a real foul call and what doesn't. And, he, and Harden is just playing the odds. He's just saying, well, I'm going to just get as many foul calls. You know, if I get more foul calls out of this, if I get to the line more out of this, then I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if I'm wrong about a ton of fouls. I'm just going to you know, complain about literally everything and just see what I get. That's a comparison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think one of my... I'm going to strategically leave that one alone. (laughs) (laughs) I will laugh at it and think it's a very, very good analogy. Um, But... It's another time when I wish you guys could see Isaac's face. <laughs> Just as red as the Rockets jerseys. One of one of because there's obviously a lot of more things I would like to build on top of that and have fun with that, but we can't. One of my would you say things, that Luca is like Biden? No, I'm just <laughs> one of my favorite things was Harden gets called for a dumb foul. He gets free throws. And, you know, Mavericks are complaining stuff. They come down, and Luka gets a pretty questionable call, gets the and one call. And Harden, P.J. Tucker, Austin Rivers, they're all throwing a fit about it. I'm like, how how do y'all do this? How do y'all throw a fit? Unless secretly y'all are just throwing a fit on the inside when Harden gets the foul calls, but you're obviously not going to show it because it, like, helps you win the game. But it just it, it's hilarious watching Rockets complain about dumb foul calls when – they have the king of that uh, on their team. They're but. just playing the odds. They're just playing the odds, and I honestly don't blame them for doing it. I don't like watching it. I don't enjoy witnessing it. I don't really like personally when Luca does it. I think that he does a little bit too much. But Luca will also play with the refs and like joke when he, you know, when it's obviously a foul call, and he goes over and laughs and does things, and yeah. uh, he'll claim fouls too. I haven't watched James Harden specifically enough to know if he does those things too but from the looks of it he doesn't he doesn't (laughs) all right the last thing I want to do is I want to talk about the Mavs bench because we mentioned how the Mavericks or Rick Carlisle went away from their rotation and the whole thing against the Knicks that one game was well this is the rotation this is what they stick with and that's why Luka didn't play as much in the fourth quarter and then they went away from it in this game and when they went away from it the Mavericks found themselves with their bench, their entire bench, playing against the Rockets starters. And that's when the Rockets really started to make their comeback in the end of the third quarter, going into that first quarter, that whole stretch. If you look at the lead tracker, it's the middle. plus Dwight Powell. Yeah, I I count him as the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I just do. I mean, like basically when Dorian Porzingis and Luka Doncic are off the floor, that's a bench. (laughs) <laughs> everybody else's bench even tim hardaway yeah but the mavericks now found them find themselves and their bench is pretty overmatched when they're against starters like that and that was was the only part of this game i felt like they really really struggled yeah i i thought they missed Jalen brunson a lot when there's that a reason so why they're for there for a while, Carlisle was you know alternating Luca and and Brunson as far as their minutes, and they would equal up to 40, 48 minutes, uh, because Brunson's your secondary playmaker. He's the second best playmaker on the team, holding, getting the ball in his hands, making something happen. 
and they didn't put him out there tonight because they had Seth and uh, DeLon out there together in that fourth quarter. And I just, in my opinion, I think Brunson should be out there just to help calm things down, to make something happen, run the offense. And uh, I don't have the answer to what that rotation looks like. I just think uh, Brunson should definitely be playing that backup points. We didn't get a Brunson injury or anything like that. He played two and a half minutes and just didn't play the rest of the game. No. That was very odd to me. They just, they basically decided to go with Curry instead of of Brunson, I guess. Justin Jackson also, he played like 10 minutes, and then we never saw him in the game again. They, they tried that uh, Dwight at five and Justin Jackson at four and then three guards, basically. They tried that lineup. That lineup didn't do I, – I don't remember them doing that well either. Uh, and that was part of the third quarter thing too. Um, so also another thing we haven't really talked about is Curry was back, and yet Hardaway still started. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was alluding to when we talked about Tim at the first podcast of saying, <clears throat> hey, like, I was really hesitant at first of when Carlisle was kind of on the fence of saying, ah, we just got to see what, you know, Hardaway, since he's played two great games in the starting unit, they put up over over 140 in both those games. Granted, they're you know, smaller opponents for, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I was in the camp of saying, hey, I think we just put Seth back in there, but... Hardaway goes out and has a, another incredible game. This is what three games in a row now, and four games in a row. How many ever games it is? And at this point, I think you just got to ride it out. I mean, ride the hot hand and and see what happens. Because and kind of pulling it, we're going back to Luca. I guess toward, for the end of the podcast a little bit, but you have this MVP matchup between Luca and Harden tonight. And we've talked about this the, this two-game stretch, or really three-game stretch, of they go into now Tuesday night to probably one of the most anticipated matchups. It's going to be built up. Woj has already tweeted about uh, about it tonight. This is going to be one of the uh, – this is going to be um, – dang, is, it, is this on TV, national broadcast or not? Let me check it out. But we do know one thing that Harp told us. What did Hart tell Tim you? Hardaway Sr. will be in the building for Mavs versus Clippers. Oh, well, he's starting for sure. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> and he's going to score 45. But Tuesday night is going to be huge because... It's an NBA TV game. Okay, so they've been, you know, which, they've been beating, beating up on the... Which means we also keep Followell and Harp and Skin, which is what we want. Oh, let's go. That's, yes. that's the positive. That's, I don't, that's I don't the think win right there. I don't think they'll throw national broadcast. They could throw national broadcast and do one of those... Wait, Tuesday, don't they do center court kind of weird... Anyway, I hope we I ain't listening to it. So, yeah. um, it's on Fox Sports Southwest still. So. But it, you know, they they beat up on the small teams. They they have this stretch of of Houston, Clippers, Lakers, and they went into Houston. They took care of business, and Luka Doncic stepped up to the plate and hit a grand slam for the most part. I mean, forty points again. When took over in the fourth quarter, this is what great players do. As far as MVP conversation, it's LeBron, it's Luka, it's Giannis, it's James Harden. It's those four guys right now. And Luka just outdueled James Harden. He goes into Tuesday night, and Kawhi Leonard, Paul George is coming to town. I hope both of those guys play because yeah. I want the competition. I don't. I'm not in the camp of saying, "Hey, I hope both of them sits for the win." No, I want to see it's, this matchup. It's the first game of a back to back for them, so hopefully they'll play Uh-oh. both of them, but. There's a chance we might not see one of the two. But if they both play, and we'll preview this game tomorrow, but this team is so different when all all five of those guys can play. They have this new death lineup. Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, and then Kawhi and Paul George that 
it's going to be fascinating if the Mavericks play against them to see who Carlisle rolls out against them and how the Mavericks fare against it. And the national story, I mean, will be all about Luka and the Mavericks today on Monday. Like you said, every talk show, first take, everybody's talking about it today. Probably a bunch of podcasts are out today talking about the Mavericks and Luka, MVP, watch out for the Mavs, all this stuff. But just imagine if they go in Tuesday night and beat the Clippers. Huge. And Luka has another huge game. Then literally the whole league is even uh, on notice even more. And it's the debut of the city jerseys. No, it is not. <laughs> oh, it is the 26th. Oh, my God. City jerseys, the city court, National launch TV. party that day. Come to the launch party and check <laughs> out the, the art gallery. Party. Man, it's gonna it's gonna be a crazy night, crazy colors. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> if they get destroyed in the city jerseys, and it just becomes a curse, <laughs> curse of the city jerseys. I know we give shoe updates a lot on the pod, but this is the second straight game. Luka Doncic just wore Jordans. Ooh. Not only did he wear Jordans, but he wore two different pairs of Jordans because he had a shoe switch in this game. So. I think we're definitely going over. We stopped we counting. Are. I think we're way over on on our board bet on that one. Yes, yes, we're over. I think we're way over already. It was like eight and a half. We should have we should have done like thirty. <laughs> Eighteen and a half. Or yeah, twenty eight and a half. So anything else you want to point out from this game? I mean, there's so many other things that we could be talking about from this game. But uh the Luca Porzingis, Tim Hardaway of it, I thought was the best part. Uh, we had Maxi with eleven points coming off the bench. Uh Delon Wright, nine points, four boards and five assists. He was playing well. And uh yeah, great game for the Mavericks overall. And hey, Let's just keep on rolling into Tuesday. It literally is one of the best wins of the season, best game of the season for for Mavs. My son just pu- pushed open the door. Can you say ball, ball, ball. ball? Yeah, <laughs> um, my, my son Good literally job. yeah pushed in and came in and set my lap. So um, he enjoyed. Luka he's wearing he's wearing a Lakers Lebron jersey somehow. I don't know no, how you, you got him to the, wear that. That is blasphemy. Take that off. Edit that out. He has a um, but, Dwayne Wade voodoo doll in his hand, and he's poking it with a pencil. He's poking. Yes, yes, yeah. Point, hit Wade right here. Yes, um, but no. I mean, it. We can't hype up this this win enough. Best best win of the season, in my opinion. Luca's every bit of the MVP conversation, and full circle, he's the MVP of the league right now. Let's go, guys! Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.